Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. If you need more hockey news every day, then Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories in game recaps on Locked On NHL. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, July 13th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey. Be sure to give it a follow for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to go and subscribe to the podcast. Go leave me a review if you want to as well. Rate the show with five stars. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good morning everyone. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. First things first here on the show today. The Duncan Keith era has officially come to an end in Chicago, and the timing of it is kind of interesting, at least if you've been keeping up with the show recently, because going back to Friday's episode, I said that I felt there was a pretty strong possibility that Keith was going to be traded over the weekend. That didn't end up happening, of course, but then on the show yesterday, I discussed the latest news on the situation coming via Frank Saravalli, Jason Greger, and Michael Russo on the Daily Faceoff podcast on Friday. They stated that there had been a little bit of a standstill potentially in negotiations between the two teams. Um, the Blackhawks still were not wanting to retain any of Keith's salary. The Oilers uh, had taken one of their players off the table in the deal. Um, but then... Yesterday, Elliot Friedman came out and reported that things had been back to moving along between Chicago and Edmonton, and then just a couple hours later, the deal became official. The Blackhawks sent defenseman Duncan Keith and forward Tim Soderland to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for defenseman Caleb Jones, who's been tied to these trade talks for the past couple of weeks, along with a conditional third-round pick in the 2022 NHL Draft. But the real kicker of this trade for the Blackhawks is that they do not have to retain any of Keith's $5.5 million cap hit over the next two seasons. That is an enormous victory for the Hawks in their front office. Not trying to give Stan Bowman credit during uh, these times where we know, you know, he messed up real bad and uh, something much larger is going on here than just hockey with this lawsuit, but he absolutely fleeced Oilers GM Ken Holland on this one. I have no idea what Holland was, was thinking or how he wasn't able to use the leverage of the Blackhawks really not having anywhere else to go with Keith. I, I don't know how he didn't use that fact into his favor. And and one thing I wanted to address real quick on the show here today, yesterday, um, 
I had someone tweet out to me saying that it was a morning full of freezing cold takes from me. Well, well, first off, the news that I put out on uh, the deal reportedly hitting a bit of a standstill on yesterday's episode, that was straight from a podcast full of TSN guys. As I just said, Frank Saravalli, Jason Greger, Michael Russo. That wasn't me stating that I thought the deal had hit a wall. That was something that I heard on another podcast. And second... About the Blackhawks, um, I said on the show that in order to get a deal done, I thought they were possibly going to have to retain somewhere between 1.5 and 2 million of Keith's salary. I think everyone out there was surprised that Edmonton took on this full contract. I don't think I was alone by any means in stating that I would expect Chicago to have to retain some of that money in order to get a deal done. And that's kind of why... Everyone is freaking out on Twitter saying this was such a lopsided deal for the Blackhawks because um, not only did they not have to retain a single dollar of that $5.5 million over the next two seasons, but they also got Caleb Jones and a conditional third-round pick in the 22, uh, 2022 NHL draft. So I just wanted to address that real quick because it's not like I was making up news here myself and and those were my thoughts I was just reporting the facts that I had heard from other trusted sources around the National Hockey League but before I move on and discuss more about this deal I just wanted to take a moment to talk about Duncan Keith and what he's meant to the Chicago Blackhawks over the years and also what he's meant to myself growing up as a big fan of this team 16 years here in Chicago for Dunks. He was a second-round pick way back in 2002. He was here through the dark days when uh, the team was literally handing out tickets for free on the street corners and then obviously was a huge part of revitalizing the franchise and and turning things around in quite a hurry. Uh, All in all, I tweeted this out yesterday, Keith finished with 1,192 games in a Blackhawks sweater. That's the second most in team history. His 625 points are the second most by a defenseman. Three Stanley Cups, two Norris trophies, two gold medals, the 2015 Conn Smythe Trophy winner for playoff MVP. He averaged 28 minutes of ice time per game for the Blackhawks in 135 playoff appearances. And he also led the Hawks an average time on ice in all 16 of his regular seasons with the club. The list goes on and on for number two. Um, Truly incredible stuff. And the only thing that comes to mind when I think about Keith in his prime is just an absolute warrior. Um, Whether it be going into the corner, despite being undersized, just managing to strip the opposition with ease, or uh, breaking up a play in transition with his lightning fast active stick. Uh, The patented slap passes in the offensive zone to set up a teammate for a wide open net. Obviously, the game-winning goal in Game 6 against the Tampa Bay Lightning that's being shared across social media right now. There's just too many memories that I'll cherish forever that wouldn't have been possible had it not been for the efforts of Duncan Keith. I mean, the Warrior sums it up, I think, in the best way possible. The guy averaged over 30 minutes per game in two separate postseason runs for the Blackhawks, and both of which, it's not like the Blackhawks were one one and dones that year or anything. They, they at least reached the conference, the Western Conference Final in both of those, and one of them, they won the Stanley Cup. Some truly, truly some superhuman stuff. And uh, not only did he 
have a huge influence on the Blackhawks. He's arguably going to go down as the best defenseman in franchise history. Um, having a he not only did he have a huge influence on uh, the organization and Blackhawks fans and all around the city of Chicago, but he also had an enormous impact on the defenseman position as a whole. When you hear a bunch of these young kids that are coming up in the draft the past few years talk about who they looked up to and uh, what type of game they try and play and really who they model themselves after, a lot of the defensemen bring up Duncan Keith because of his versatile two-way play and uh, his tenacity and despite not being the biggest or the fastest, he just played his style and found a way to get the job done. And that was really what it was all about. Um, but Keith really was way ahead of his time in the way that he played the game because before him, the typical number one defenseman, the typical Norris Trophy winning number one defenseman was kind of uh, just a big brute who was overpowering and very physical and would shut down opponents in front of the net and was really solid defensively. Keith played a much different style in that but proved that could get the job done as well. So, for all he's done for the Blackhawks organization in his 16 years here and also just the game of hockey as a whole, well, I'm super sad that the times are changing and it's crazy to think that only Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze are left from the 2015 Stanley Cup team. I'm at least happy that Keith is getting what he wants here and being close to his family and also um, getting... Uh, another chance to try and win a Stanley Cup before it's all said and done, albeit it is the Edmonton Oilers, but uh, the Blackhawks weren't going to be in that conversation likely throughout the rest of Keith's career here if he were to remain in Chicago, so I'm happy that he at least gets to go somewhere else where there is a bit more of hope. He's got two of the best players in the world there, and uh, I wish him all the best. I think every Blackhawks fan does. They'd love to see Duncan Keith thrive in Edmonton, and For the most part, I think everyone believes that he can. Um, I know the analytics and the numbers don't look good for Keith the past couple seasons here in Chicago, but that's because we were really leaning on him to still be our number one defenseman. And at 36, 37 years of age with all the mileage he has on his tires, he's just not built to do that anymore. So I think, you know, if you potentially pair him with... Adam Larson down at Edmonton, assuming he gets a deal done with the Oilers this summer. Uh, I think that would be a really good spot for Keith. Maybe not playing top pairing minutes on the penalty kill anymore, but he's still very versatile and can play in all areas. You just maybe want to get him down closer to 17 to 20 minutes per game rather than 20 to 25 like he was serving for the Blackhawks. Um, But honestly, I felt this was, I really wanted to bring this up. I felt this was really the right time for the Blackhawks to move on from Keith. And for me, at least, I think that's making it a little bit easier of a pill to swallow because being in the position that the the Blackhawks are up against, you know, rebuilding and everything, again, I've mentioned this a ton on the show lately, but it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to keep Keith at this stage of his career. He's going to turn 38 on Friday. So as sad as it may be, yes, I was literally driving to get my coffee this morning. I'm like, wow, it's... It's really over. I don't think it hit me yesterday, but it definitely did this morning. Um, So as sad as it may be, I do feel like this was kind of the best case scenario for the Blackhawks and also for future Hall of Fame defenseman Duncan Keith as well. One last time, Dunks. Thank you for everything you've done for the city of Chicago. And uh, 
I definitely can't wait to see number two up in the rafters at the United Center sometime in the not-so-distant future. All right, there is my little tribute to Hall of Fame defenseman Duncan Keith. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to continue to discuss the terms of this trade with the Edmonton Oilers. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Breaking down this Duncan Keith trade a little bit more, I've already talked about the Blackhawks not having to retain any of his $5.5 million cap hit over the next two years, but also the Blackhawks sent Tim Soderland, who was a fourth-round pick back in 2017, to Edmonton as part of this deal as well. And I wish I could say that was a, I was a little bit more upset about losing Soderlund, but honestly, he, he really hasn't done anything all that impressive during his time in the Blackhawks system. He's now 23 years old, uh, the speedy left-handed winger. He spent the last two seasons playing for the Rockford Icehogs after making the jump to North America from Sweden. But in his 52 games with Rockford over the past two years, Soderlund only recorded one goal and seven assists for eight points, which is not quite the progression the Blackhawks, nor he was probably hoping for. So Soderlin gets a bit of a change of scenery here by going to Edmonton, kind of just a throw-in in this deal, to be honest. But coming back to Edmonton is really what I wanted to talk about. The Blackhawks did wind up acquiring 24-year-old defenseman Caleb Jones, who, as I mentioned a moment ago, has been tied to these trade talks involving Duncan Keith for the past couple of weeks now. Caleb is a former fourth-round pick of the Oilers back in 2015 and is a 6'1", 195-pound defensive defenseman with 93 games of NHL action over the past three seasons, although... It's been kind of a bumpy road for Jones with Edmonton since coming up to the NHL level. He's played top four minutes from time to time, but he's really struggled with consistency when he when given the opportunity to kind of play with those top-end guys that the Oilers got, like uh, Adam Larson and, and Darnell Nurse, those guys I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, and, and this past year was really where Edmonton was hoping that Caleb was going to be able to take that next big step in his development, but what wound up happening is 
He got scratched 23 times during the regular season and kind of fell out of favor to guys like Slater Cuckoo, former Blackhawks defenseman from two seasons ago, uh, young former first-round pick Evan Bouchard, and even William Legison on the back end for the Oilers got some playing time over Caleb Jones. So uh, while the Blackhawks did wind up swapping out Duncan Keith for a much younger blue liner, it's been some tough sledding so far for Caleb Jones in his NHL career. And one thing I also wanted to be sure to mention with trading Keith is that um, it, it does give the Blackhawks some more wiggle room in terms of the upcoming Seattle expansion draft because assuming the 7-3-1 route is still in play for Chicago, we know, excuse me, we know Connor Murphy is 100% going to occupy one of those three defenseman spots, but now... The other two are open for Riley Stillman, Caleb Jones, who he's not exempt. He would have to be protected if the Blackhawks want him to. Um, and also Nikita Zadorov or Calvin DeHaan. Which two that the Blackhawks wind up choosing? I'm not entirely sure at the moment, but they do have more options now with Duncan Keith and his full movement clause out of the picture. The last part of this deal I want to discuss is the conditional third-round pick in 2022 coming to Chicago as well. Uh, the only way that third-round pick becomes a conditional pick and can potentially turn into a second is if the Oilers go on to make the conference final next season and also Duncan Keith has to be a top-four defenseman for them in terms of ice time, which, so, not not all that likely considering, again, it's Edmonton, but if that does happen then the Blackhawks would be getting a second-round pick from this deal as well. But more than likely, going to remain a third-round pick for the Blackhawks. All in all, though, I know, again, it's a sad day to see Duncan Keith go. I still, well, while I was sad this morning, I still don't think it's fully hit me. But this literally is best-case scenario for a trade. Not only is Keith happy, Keith happy, and it also didn't cause this, like, awkward rift at the end of his tenure like we kind of saw happen to Corey Crawford um but the Blackhawks also totally dodged a bullet in terms of not having to retain any of his salary and they still got a solid draft pick and Caleb Jones and let's not forget the Blackhawks are in the market for Caleb's brother Seth potentially and now that Keith and his 5.5 million are off the books there's no doubt about whether or not they would be able to have the cap space to bring on that massive contract extension that Seth is due for when he becomes an unrestricted free agent next summer. But one other way the Blackhawks are rumored to be thinking about spending that money is on a veteran goaltender. According to Scott Powers of The Athletic, in an article he wrote yesterday, one source told him that the Blackhawks have kicked the tires around on possibly acquiring Mark andre Fleury, the 2021 Vezina Trophy winner from the Vegas Golden Knights this summer. Fleury still has one year left on his current deal at $7 million. Uh, and with Vegas being in a little bit of a salary cap crunch and already having $12 million tied up in net between he and Robin Leonard for next year, they could be looking to move on from their Vezina Trophy winner, potentially. Um, I'm not sure how I would feel about this, though. I know Fleury, he just showed it all postseason and obviously in the regular season, uh, winning that accolade. I know he still has plenty of game left, but at that price, $7 million plus, he's going to be 37 years old next year. I, I don't even know if he could still possibly be playing by the end of this rebuild 
in Chicago. I just don't see how bringing on Flurry. I don't. I don't see how that would help this team going forward with the stages that they are in. Yeah, they could probably be more competitive next year. I guess. Um, but I feel like they're they're at the point where they're trying to find their next number one goaltender of the future. And I'm not sure bringing in Mark Andre Fleury to uh, take away starts from Kevin Lankinen or other guys coming up in the system is the best way to go about that. So I personally would be out on acquiring Mark Andre Fleury. I just think the Blackhawks can spend their money in a betch, uh, a much smarter fashion this summer like trying to go out and nab a future number one defenseman and Seth Jones now that we have a plethora of cap space and his brother Caleb on the roster all right that will take care of everything regarding Duncan Keith being traded after 16 seasons with the Blackhawks coming up in just a minute I still have to get into goaltender Jesper Wallstead's 2021 NHL draft profile But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is about to take over for the summer. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. The series is 2-1 in favor of the Suns. UFC is in full swing all year round, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for any sport with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I just finished up discussing all the details on the Blackhawks trading Duncan Keith to the Edmonton Oilers. Now, before I wrap up the show here today, it's time for yet another 2021 NHL draft profile. I know most of the fans out there are tuning into the episode today to hear about Duncan Keith and also the return from the Oilers and everything, but let's not forget the NHL draft is right around the corner and honestly, kind of creeping up on us. Next Friday, July 23rd is the first round of the draft. So we're just about a week and a half away, ladies and gentlemen. And before that takes place, there are still a couple more prospects left that I want to break down here on the show that could possibly wind up go, go to the, uh, going to the Blackhawks at number 11. And one of those players is 18-year-old Swedish goaltender Jesper Wallstedt, who's highly regarded as not only the top goaltender prospect in this year's draft, but also one of the top prospects overall. There's been a lot of debate about where Wallstedt is going to go, and I've even seen a lot of scouts and websites suggest that if the Buffalo Sabres aren't even considering taking him at, at number one, they're, they're kind of doing themselves a, a disservice because that's how good of a prospect this kid really is. Um, and in all likelihood, he probably won't 
make it to number 11 for the Blackhawks. There are several teams who could be looking to take a goaltender inside the top 10, and that's where most scouts and draft sites have Wallstead going somewhere between number five and number 10. But kind of like Mason McTavish, who I broke down on the show yesterday, if Wallstead does happen to fall out of that top 10, then he could be landing right into the Blackhawks' lap at 11. And while Kevin Lankinen, this is definitely one thing I wanted to talk about. While Kevin Lankinen did look pretty good as a rookie this year, and also considering the Blackhawks just took Drew Comesso in the second round in last year's draft. I get that. But the opportunity to take a potential franchise-altering netminder like Jesper Wallstead, that could just be, probably will be, too good of an opportunity to pass up if it does wind up happening. Um, And taking a look at the Blackhawks as a whole, yes, I feel like they would probably like to add another solid forward to their prospect group in this draft, but it just kind of feels like it would be a good year for them to take a goaltender in the first round. They got Lucas Reichel and Kirby Doc as the future up front. Obviously, there's a ton of young kids coming up on the back end. I don't know. I just kind of get this feeling that this year would be a good time to take a chance on a guy like Wallstead. Again, assuming that he does fall out of the top 10 for the Blackhawks to take him. But taking a look at Wallstead's game, first off, he's a six foot three. 217-pound goaltender. That's great size for a netminder in today's NHL. And most most importantly, with that size, he moves very fluently. He has great lateral movement, and he also matches that with just a sound overall technique in the crease. Wallstead, if you go and watch his highlights, um, never really gets himself in a bad position and very rarely makes a mistake with his fundamentals. And for being... 18 years old and already having such a sound technique like I mentioned and all those abilities. That's really why he's in the conversation of being a top 10 pick in this year's draft. And for those of you who remember Yaroslav Askarov from last year's draft, the first goaltender off the board that wound up going to the Nashville Predators, well, scouts are even higher on Wallstead than they were on Askarov. That's how good this kid is. He's strong on his skates. He has the ability to make the highlight reel stop. He's He's been, uh, I've seen scouts say he's got this lightning-like glove hand. He's got great size. He can move the puck. And he also possesses that utmost confidence in himself that all goaltenders need in order to be good at the highest highest levels. I've been seeing him, uh, saw a quote that said this guy's as cool as a cucumber, which is what you love to hear, especially for being so young. Um, basically, <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that Wallstead is essentially the complete package when it comes to a goaltender prospect. There's a reason he's the first goalie projected to go in the top 10 of the draft since Carey Price. And uh, another reason for that can be seen when you go and look at the numbers that Wallstead just put up this past season. He was already playing professional hockey for Lolia in the SHL, along with forward prospect Fabian Liesel, who should also be on the Blackhawks' radar at number 11. But not only was Wallstead already playing in the top league in Sweden at 18 years old, he, he was also thriving there and really took over as the starting goaltender by the end of the season. In 22 games, Wallstead posted a 12-10 record along with an impressive 2.23 goals against average and a 9.07 save percentage with two shutouts. Not the best save percentage, uh, just over 900, but to only allow 
barely over two goals per game in a professional league filled with grown men. Um, I mean, that's truly remarkable. You don't see, while we do see a lot of young prospects that go in the top 10 of drafts, we see them play in professional leagues. Not a lot of them find a lot of success. Like you go and look at Fabian Liesel's numbers in the SHL this year. I believe he had like three or four points or something. I broke them down like a month ago on the show. I can't exactly remember uh, the numbers to a T, but I know he, he wasn't thriving in that league like Jesper Wallstedt was. Um, even though he did wind up struggling a bit for Lilia in the playoffs, uh, he, Wallstedt still proved that he's an incredible talent for his age. And he'll also likely spend at least one more season over in Sweden before making the jump to North America. So he should only get more confident and uh, better and better in that league with age and experience. So overall, it's just, it's really tough not to fall in love with a prospect like Jesper Wallstead. Everything about this kid screams future Vezina Trophy winner. There's really no weaknesses in his game to break down. Uh, the reality of the matter, unfortunately, is that he probably won't be available at number 11 for the Blackhawks, but if by some miracle that he is, then I think they would have to pull the trigger on a potential franchise goaltender in Jesper Wallstead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, July 13th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go and get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey. Be sure to give it a follow for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.